to die That he might give Eternal life That I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment. But first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Let's uh, take our Bibles and turn to the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah, chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. You've uh, heard that little statement about the, uh, is it the three musketeers or the four musketeers? It's three. I thought, I didn't know if it was three or four. And they had a little slogan, all for one and one for all. Remember that? One for all and all for one, whichever way you want to put it. Well, I look at that the same way, you know, Jesus was for all and all of us ought to be for one. That one was for all of us. True? One paid for all of our sins. And we who believe, all of us are supposed to be for one. So we're not against each other. We're supposed to be for something. That's positive. Not that we're against. We're for something. We're positive. And so that's why it's so important. Jesus for us and us for him. And he tells us in the word about being, you know, preachers of the gospel and doing this for the gospel's sake. Well, if you're going to do something for the gospel's sake, well, who's the gospel for? Well, for the lost man. Then he says, for my sake and the gospel. So you're doing it for his sake. Otherwise, he he died for the people, but they don't know about it. So he gave us a responsibility. This is why missionaries are necessary. I can't wait for the missions conference. I got two messages already ready to go. I can't wait to talk about them. And I might even jump the gun and do it ahead of time, but I'm trying not to. But now here in the book of Isaiah 55, look there in verse 1. Verse 1 says, because you just finished chapter 3, and it talks about Jesus Christ coming in as the Messiah, making a payment for the sins of the world, and all we like sheep have gone astray, and he hath laid upon him, Jesus Christ, the iniquity of us all. Christ died for our sins, prophesied over 700 years before he ever came. And so then, because of what he did, here in Chapter 55, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. In other words, this salvation that Christ paid for doesn't cost us anything. He paid for it all. And he gives it to us totally free. And so he makes some statements here about now the word is supposed to go out. The word. And there's power in the word of God. And so he says, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. And so he makes a statement. That's found there in in verse, um, you know, eight and nine. But then he makes a statement here in verse 10. For as the rain 
cometh down in the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. Now Christ died on the cross. He was the word, and he died, and he comes back. And now he says, because of the death of Christ, therefore there's many kernels of corn. Because if it says you take corn and you plant it and it dies, but it gives life. Christ was the green tree. He was a tender plant in Isaiah 53. And so Jesus is coming back from the dead, sends into heaven, and God says, go into all the world and preach the word, the gospel, the good news, and that everybody can have it, and it's free. Nobody has to pay for it. And so as we go into all the world with the good news, the gospel, he says, my word will not return unto me void. The word of God is alive and it's powerful. And if a person believes it, it can give to them something they can't get no other way. And that's life, eternal life. And so that's why this is good down through here. But look what he says here in verse 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. The reason he's sending forth his word is because God was satisfied with the payment Christ made. And so therefore, when a person believes it, you see, God is satisfied and you believe it. When you realize you can't save yourself, you're satisfied and you accept Christ as your savior. Uh, God's happy and everybody's happy. So that's why there's rejoicing in heaven over one person who comes to know the Lord. And so if that's true, if you want to keep heaven jumping up and down with joy, just keep talking about the Lord and keep sowing seeds. The word of God is seed, sow the seed. Now, you'll notice that in your first verse there. But look now in chapter 56, chapter 56. And there's a couple of verses that are mentioned here. And um, it talks about in verse 1. He says, for my salvation is near to come and my righteousness to be revealed. Now, Jesus Christ is the righteousness of God. And whenever the Bible talks about it in the book of Romans in chapter 3, uh, that Jesus Christ, who is the righteousness of God, is revealed so that we can have God's righteousness given to us. And then he says in verse 2, blessed is the man that doeth this, and the Son of Man that layeth hold on it, that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and keepeth his hand far from doing any evil. Now, Jesus Christ, when he come, now, he did nothing wrong, did no evil. Now, in verse 3, it talks about the eunuch that is a dry tree. A eunuch is a person, because of different choices, or maybe born there, but they can't give life. They're a dry tree. They can't give life. And so the Bible tells us, Look there in your Bible to um, hold your place here and look in um, chapter 23 of the book of Luke. Luke chapter 23. And there's an interesting verse that kind of goes with that. Because they were going to crucify Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was that tender plant. He was the tree that grew up and God was looking for a tree that could bring forth the fruits of righteousness. And every person born into the world, we're dry trees. It means that we can't give eternal life. We don't have eternal life. 
We're dry trees, and because we're dry, we're going to be cut down because we cannot bring forth the fruits of righteousness. So that applies to every man. So that's why in the book of Matthew in chapter 3, he talks about he's going to cut down. The axe is laid to the root of the tree. He's going to cut down every tree that brings forth not the fruits of righteousness. Well, that's every man in the world. Every man's going to die. So everybody's cut down, and only one person had the right to live forever here on planet Earth, and that was Jesus. And what did they do to him? Cut him down. So he says here in um, this scripture, 23, and uh, notice what he says there in verse, um, let's just start down in verse 28. And Jesus, turning unto them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For remember the days are coming, in the which they shall say, Blessed are the barren, and the wombs that never bear. And he says, And the paps which never gave suck. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things in a green tree, what shall be done in the dry? In other words, if they will cut down this green tree, because this is talking about when Christ is going to be crucified. Just think what they do to other people. Their judgment. Wisdom is justified in their children. In other words, if you're so wise, it's revealed by the decisions you make. And the decisions is the children of a man's wisdom. So you may not have any natural kids, but your decisions is like the children that comes from your mind. And what kind of children do you have? What kind of judgment do you have? So some people cannot see the wisdom of God. They see the wisdom of man. And they make the wrong decisions. And so God says this is what's going to take place. Now look back here in your notes. For the sake of time. The next scripture there is John chapter 8 and verse 29. Because we're talking about how are we supposed to please God. The decisions that we have to make. So when he makes a statement in the book of Revelation, he says... For thy pleasure thou art created, and for thy pleasure. So we were created for the Lord, by the Lord, and for his pleasure. So if you want to know what is your purpose in life, well, it's to please the Lord. So that's why you trust Christ as Savior. Why? Because that pleases God. Because it pleased the Father to let his Son die for you. And if you don't trust him as your savior, it's like he died for you in vain because you didn't trust, you didn't take advantage of it. So when you trust Christ as savior, you are pleasing God. When you decide to serve the Lord, does that please God? When you're tempted to do all the things you're not supposed to do and you don't do them and you maintain your steadfastness in the Lord, that pleases God. So studying the Bible is how you find out what pleases the Lord. And when that becomes your goal in life, it's easy for you to make the right decisions in life because you want to find out, does that please God? You see, you have to have a reason even to come to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday night, or studying the Bible at all. Why? Because you're trying to find out, what do I need to do that pleases God? What do I need to stay away from because that would please God? Well, how do I determine what I say and don't say? How do I guard my mouth? Well, what pleases God? Let no filthy communication proceed out of thy mouth. So you've got to learn. Now look at the next statement. He said here, The Father hath left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. This is what Jesus said. I do always those things that please the Father. 
So if you want to be like the Lord, then you have to find out, well, what was the Lord like? What was Jesus like? And he had a reason, had a purpose. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 8, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. The lost man can't please God. Doesn't mean that God can't use them for his purpose. God can use, he even used Pharaoh for his purpose. Though Pharaoh never trusted the Lord, but God still used him. God can use even the enemies of the nation of Israel as a rod to whip his nation, his people, because of their disobedience. But that doesn't mean they're saved. So you want to trust the Lord and have eternal life. And after you have trusted Christ as Savior, a Christian has a choice. You can walk in the Spirit. That means walking in obedience to the Lord. Or you can walk after the flesh, which is walking in disobedience. So if you walk in disobedience, God says, if you walk in the flesh as the lost man, he can't please God. And a Christian who walks after the flesh, he can't please God. So it pleases the Lord that a child of God walk in the Spirit, which means walk in obedience to the Lord. And so these are things that you have to think about for yourself. The next verse here, Romans 15 and verse 1, he says, Ye that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak, not to please ourselves. Now, I wrote something down here that's not in your notes. If you want to write it down, you can. Sometimes we run from other people's burdens. Because we don't want to get involved. We run from other people and their burden. Because we don't want to have to carry their burden. We don't want them to tell us their problem because I may have to do something about it. So it's better not to hear their problems and their burdens. And that way I don't have to get involved. You see, some people think that my burdens are enough. And I don't have time and room. And my plate's too full already. So I don't have time for other people's problems. Now, I know nobody here ever thinks like that, right? This means yes. This means no. But remember, is it scriptural for us to bear one another's burdens? Hmm? Ah, that's good. That's good. I I heard something. So it is the will of God. So this is what the Lord's talking about. Well, who should do this? Remember whenever um, Peter denied the Lord three times? And then he came to the conclusion, I'm going fishing. I'm going back fishing. And all of the disciples said the same thing. They all went back fishing. Because they felt like total failures. Now, they just, they just failed their final exam. I mean, I guess they was on the bottom. Who was it that took the initiative and went to them? Jesus, Jesus. Jesus did. Jesus knew where they were and what they'd done and fished all night and caught nothing. So he come walking on the water. But see, he already had a fire and some fish on the bank, and he had already got everything cooked. And the part I like about this, he had his glorified body, and he was eating fish. I'm going to get a glorified body, but I'm going to be able to eat. Wouldn't it be something to eat for all eternity and not gain a pound? I mean, eat all the chocolate eclairs you want. Milkshake, banana splits. Can you imagine what we're going to eat at the Supper of the Lamb? I don't know what we're going to have, but I, I hope it's more than fish. I mean, I'm not, I'm not complaining, Lord. I'm just going to be glad I'm there. Can you imagine who has to do the dishes? I wonder what we're going to, you know, I never thought about that before. You know, the people that work in our kitchen here, God's going to say, y'all did such a wonderful job. I can use you. Uh-oh. 
You know, the people down here that did not help, um, you know, at the third Sunday dinner, God probably going to make them do, be dishwashers. You watch, you get to heaven. That's what they're going to Don't give them a job. But anyway, you're supposed to get involved. The strong are supposed to take the initiative. And that's why you find that in the book of um, Galatians in chapter 6 and verse 1. And so when you see somebody walking in the flesh, ye which are spiritual, that means you're walking in the spirit. You're obeying God. And you see a child of God that's not obeying God. Then you're supposed to try to help that person walk with the Lord. And it says, be careful how you do it unless you become tempted to do like they're doing. Because you can be tempted to sin because you lift up. I'm glad I'm not like you. You fell in the dirt. Shame, shame, shame. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. I'd never do that. Do you know that God can take a little protection around from you? And next thing you know, you don't fall flat on your face. So you've got to be careful with that, that pride thing. Look at the next statement. Romans 15 and verse 2. Let every one of us please his neighbor and doesn't stop there. Now, if that's all it said, now that, now, I don't know if I'd like that. Everyone pleases neighbor. What does my neighbor want? He wants my job. What does he want? He wants my house. Well, here we go. He wants my car. Well, I want him to be happy. Here's my Aren't you glad it didn't stop with that? He says, guess what it says? Let every one of us please his neighbor for what? His good to edification. And I believe that's to spiritual edification. To try to help People become spiritually educated, educated in the things of the Lord, to set their affections on things that are above. And so there's a lot of things that God wants us to learn so we can help. And the things that you have learned as you have lived longer, well, you're supposed to use that knowledge. You know, as we get older, we get gray hair. Gray hair is a sign of wisdom, right? Gray hair is a sign of gray hair. It's not even a sign of age. I know people that were 20 years old and got totally gray-headed. And it didn't mean they were smarter. I remember a guy named Bill Fancher. Better you remember him. Bill Fancher. He was gray-headed. He was in his 20s. But now look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. You need to look at this because there's a couple interesting verses about pleasing God and pleasing husband, pleasing wife. So look there in 1 Corinthians in chapter 7. This is very interesting. (laughs) Now don't panic yet. Don't panic yet. You may panic in a minute, but not yet. Because there's some interesting verses here. So 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 32, in your notes. Look at your notes first, and then we're going to go to the book. It says, but I would have you without carefulness. It means um, without distraction, without the worrying, you know, casting all your cares upon him because you can be so distracted by so many things and you can be worried about many things. So he says, I will not have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. So according to that verse, it's better never to get married. No, that's not the understanding of this verse. Thought I'd throw that out there before you thought it. Look at the next verse in your notes there. But he that is married careth for the things that are of the world, that he may please his wife. So it shows you that a single person is godly and a married person is ungodly. 
You wouldn't buy that, would you? No. But I wanted you to see something here. Because we're talking about learning how to please somebody else and not just ourselves. Because in everything you do in life, sometimes you do something because it pleases somebody else. And if you can do it, then do it. But don't think everybody in this whole world is made to please me. Everybody's here to make me happy. And if you don't make me happy, I'm going to be upset. And I'm going to have a temper tantrum. You ever seen an adult throw one? Oh, those are ugly. I've seen some parents have little kids. And they'll get in a restaurant, and if they don't get their way, they scream and holler. And I just want to go up there and slap the parents. And they don't discipline their kids, and the kids just scream and throwing stuff. And, all that. and the kids get away with murder. But anyway, look in the middle part of this verse. In verse 33, right in your note. But he that is married careth for the things that are of the world, that he may please his wife. Because of the times. Because of the time. Now look in your Bible to chapter 7, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 26. There are, because of the present distress, sometimes there's, you can do something, but it may not be the wisest thing to do. Paul is not talking about single people shouldn't get married. If single people ain't going to get married, who in the world is going to get married? Oh, just the old folks. (laughs) I know a story about a, a woman, she was 90 years old. And she wanted to get married. And so she found a guy that was 85 years old, and she got him to marry her. The only problem was, he'd already done lost his mind. And then the kids became very upset because they knew that if he marries his mom, mama's on the, you know, she's on the banana peel, and she's ready to get into the grave, and all of the inheritance is going to be gone to this guy. So they knew they had to break this thing up. Especially when the man is done gone loony. And so (laughs) they had it annulled and uh, took care of that. And uh, since then, she has passed away. I'm not going to tell you who it was. Don't say, who was that? I'm not going to tell you. Anybody in the church? No. So, um, but it is true, ain't it, Betty? Betty knows. Betty knows everything. But now notice what he says here in verse 26. I suppose, therefore, that this is good And that next few words, you ought to underline it in your Bible. For the present distress, I say that it is good for a man so to be. And he said, because of the times that we're in and there's problems that they were having, it's good because if a man takes a wife, it's not only that it affects, you know, his service. Now he got to learn how to please the wife too. A married person has to please God. But now he's also got to please the wife. Do you think the wife and God are always on the same page? Why, of course. Because when you married her, she, she gets to be perfect now. She doesn't do anything wrong. She wants everything. <laughs> Woman tells her mother, says, Mom, I, I want to marry Jack, but um, he doesn't believe in hell. She says, you go ahead and marry him. We'll teach him. He will when we get through with him. (laughs) So, anyway, look at the next statement here. Look in verse 34. Down in verse 34, it says, There is a difference. There is a difference. 
also between a wife and a virgin. You say, well, of course there is. And there is, of course, a difference. A wife has a husband, and the virgin doesn't have a husband. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she that is married careth for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. So there is a temporary pleasing, and with the Lord, a permanent pleasing God. So you have more stress put upon you. you got more things to think about. It's one thing to go through life single, and all you got is your own problems. But when you get married, he said, we two can live as cheaply as one, but only half as long. But you got another problem because your wife is going to have problems. The husband is going to have problems. And so these two problems marry each other. So it's not just I gotta just think about what God wants me to do. No, you gotta you gotta live life. And then you go, here comes here comes little Johnny and and, and uh, little Betty and um, little Lizzie and uh, a little Matt and uh, a little Kay and a, a little Sybil and you can have all kind of kids. Now, does that put more pressure upon you? And if the times are hard and times are bad, it may be wise not to get married at that point. So you you got to look at not just the, the signs of time, but whether or not, well, I can handle it. But you got to realize there's problems, and it can put additional pressure upon you. And so that's why we take those words and uh, verse 35, and we see, without distraction. It means you have more distractions than you would have if you weren't married. So Paul says in the, uh, look at that real quick, chapter 7, look there in verse 8. He said, I say therefore to the unmarried and widows, it is good for them if they abide even as I. So I don't believe Paul was at this point married. They say he was probably a member of the Sanhedrin at one time and had to be married if he was. I don't know, but whatever it is, he said, I would rather you be like me because that way you can give yourself totally to the Lord and serve God and go anywhere you want. But whenever you want to go someplace and serve the Lord, like I've seen some guys who wanted to go to the mission field, and the wife says, I ain't going. I've seen a man break down and weep because he wanted to go serve the Lord full time, and the wife says, no, you're not. I ain't going. Now what you going to do? You ain't going because you can't. What are you going to do, leave your wife? I left my wife for the cause of Christ. <laughs> that sounds good, but some people ain't going to say, if you can't control your own wife, you're not going to be very good at the head of anything because everybody wants to know, well, where, where's your wife? And have you had kids? You see, you can do better if you do, but you don't have to have, and you don't have to have a wife. I remember when Lee Patton decided that he was going to San Antonio, and he wasn't married. After a while, he started a ranch, and he did that. Then he decided to start a church. And I says, Lee, I don't know about you starting a church. I says, you, you're not married. I says, there's going to be people that's not going to believe you know what you're talking about because everybody knows that a preacher only knows what he's talking about because he's got a wife to train him. <laughs> and she can teach all kinds of things. And you got people in the audience that they're going to be married and they don't think you know what you're talking about. How are you going to teach on the family? So anyway, <laughs> he got a secretary. And next thing you know, he fell in love with the secretary. But he couldn't date a secretary because they wouldn't look good. And she was a volunteer. So he fired her. No, he had to pay her. And then, so he fired her. And then he started dating her. And then he married her and got a secretary and don't have to pay her a cent. 
He did pretty good. He did all right. Now, if you're doing the tribulation period, you may want to think twice about, you know, how far you want to go. Do you want to get married or not? But anytime you do, you're accepting more responsibilities. And because of the present distress, it may not be as wise as you think because you may not be wise enough to handle all the additional problems that may come from that. And there can be many. Have you ever heard preachers tell you that you must turn from sins to be saved and go to heaven? Does that mean you must turn from only the big sins or all sins before God will save you? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace.